Everybody, Corey back again, and uh, it's a short week, Thanksgiving week. I have places to go, uh, staying with family for the vast majority of the week, so I got to get this podcast out quick. So, man, hang on, I'm gonna cover some things uh, in a short period of time here because I need to get things finished. Um, I said last week I was gonna watch Doctor Blood's Coffin from 1960. And it's on Netflix, and I started watching it, but then I got distracted like five minutes into it, and I had not started playing it again since, just because of kind of the flow of things around here at the Grand Midnight Quarry headquarters. So, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm sorry. I'll talk about it next week, because I'll definitely have more time next week. However, let me tell you what I will be talking about today. Uh, I'm going to be talking about... The Walking Dead, Episode 4. Gonna spoil it, uh, because I want to talk about it in depth, as I have been the first three episodes. And, of course, we're gonna hear from a lot of people, uh, from Spooky Bill, uh, primarily. He calls in again, because he's such a great guy. (laughs) And, uh... Uh, he, he tells us about what he thought about the newest episode of Walking Dead. Um, I think just about everybody mentions it this week. We hear from Misfit Boy. And I'm just flattered uh, that Misfit Boy's calling in because he's been doing a lot of podcasting. If you listen, you should listen to Root Rot, the Witch's Hat podcast. Uh, Man, I I can't tell you enough good things about that podcast and, you know, about Root Rot and Misfit Boy. Uh, They're doing wonderful, wonderful work over there. And they're also very, very close friends of mine. And uh, so, yeah, Misfit Boy called in. I'm super pumped about that because I love hearing from him. Um, and uh, we also have Skeptical Zach and Alan both calling in. Um, and, yeah, so we're going to hear all about that. And uh, I'm going to give you a Netflix instant watch recommendation because I finally saw this film. I've been meaning to watch this for a long time now. And uh, Misfit Boy had actually wanted to know what I thought about it. And months and months have gone by. I haven't watched it yet. But it popped up on Netflix all of a sudden. I think just within the past week or so here. I saw it up there and I'm like, now I have no excuse not to at least put it on, you know, in the background. And it ended up I put it on and I paid full attention to it. So (laughs) I'm going to be telling you about The Human Centipede and actually recommending that uh, you get on Netflix and watch that. Because, of course, I am the Netflix ambassador to podcast land. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, my my podcast is so highly regarded, and my opinions are so valuable that Netflix just wants me to be its exposure here in podcast land, which is full of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, yeah, and I also have original music. Oh, oh, yes, yes, and it's it's a weird one this week. <laughs> you know, because all, all my other songs are completely normal and, uh, you know, radio-friendly, but this one's a little weird. <laughs> oh man so yeah i'm going at like a million miles an hour here but uh i've got to tell you about some twitter drama this week and this all has to do with just my mischief again i mean i'm, I'm just <laughs> i'm having fun with this whole mail order zombie thing and you know that and you know i've i've had my differences with with brother d and miss bren 
and uh, you know how they podcast and the things they say and kind of their attitude towards podcasting. And I've had a lot of fun with that because I, I just think it's hilarious, you know. <laughs> And uh, so, of course, you know, I do little mischievous things and kind of poke fun at them. And this week, you know, I got to lay partial blame on this one uh, to my friend McPierce, of course, of A Little Dead Podcast, another fantastic podcast, and McPierce himself is a fantastic gentleman. But uh, so McPierce contacts me over the weekend. He's like, dude, I was listening to your promo, you know, my quote promo, you know, the thing where I took Brother D's little, uh, you know, send me money and buy me stuff, a <laughs> you know, little thing that he plays on his show. And I kind of inserted Midnight Corey into it. And I gave a couple fake URLs on my website where you can go to buy me stuff and give me money and things. Well, McPierce is like, dude, you ought to set something up for those pages. Actually, create those pages on your website and do something really funny. And it sounded like a really great idea to me. And so that was my project on Sunday. I, uh, I set up those pages so you can go to midnightcory.com. Uh, let me see, slash, uh, I already forget. Let me, I'm getting on my own website here so I can tell you. Slash buy me things and midnightcory.com slash give me your money. And all the words run together. There are no slashes or hyphens or anything. So buy me things and give me your money. <laughs> but to make it a little easier for people to remember uh, where to go for those pages... <laughs> I decided uh, to forward two domain names, mailorderzombie.net and mailorderzombie.org, both forward to uh, those pages. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. I think it's hilariously funny. And people are taking me so seriously about this. You know, oh, you bought those domain names. You're spending money on, on this old joke of this old mail order zombie thing. You need help. I'm not denying that I, I, you know, need help. <laughs> That's just a given. You know, from day one, I think most people have said, Corey needs some help. And I think this podcast is good therapy. It really is. And Twitter is good therapy for me. <laughs> oh, all you sensitive, sensitive people out there that take the internet and podcasting so seriously. Oh, don't you insult my friend. Don't you make fun of my friend, Brother D. Oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Oh, boo-hoo. Everyone's crying. Oh, oh whatever, whatever. <laughs> but you know me. I, I don't take this seriously at all. I'm just having fun with it. And uh, I hope you're having fun with it, too, because I like to see other people who are intelligent enough to get the joke. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm making things better or worse for myself at this point. But, uh, yeah, so... That was a Twitter drama. I announced this all on Twitter in the past couple days, and of course, people are in an uproar. Unfollows left and right. The Dark Hours, unfollow. Uh, some, some guy from Bloody Good Horror, unfollow. <laughs> oh, it's a mass exodus. Uh, several others. I think I've lost uh, about six or eight uh, followers over this, which isn't, which isn't huge uh, in the grand scheme of things. It's really not. But uh, it's just funny to see these people dropping off. And uh, they're people that really I don't even know, that I've never even really talked to. And they follow me on Twitter because they just do. And, uh, hey, if, if you're going to follow me on Twitter, at least kind of know who I am. You know, know my sense of humor. Know, know that I just, I'm out here to just have fun and poke fun at things. But 
I don't mean any of this stuff. I mean, come on, guys. Let's have a little fun. Let's, everybody, let's just have a little smile, you know? Maybe, maybe go drink a cup of coffee like I do. Coffee always makes me smile. Um, in the evenings, I'll have a glass of beer, and that'll make me smile. And, uh, you know, I think of flowers in the meadow, and it makes me smile. And uh, <laughs> so come on. Come on. Have fun. Have fun, people. It's, it's all good, because in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, when you look over your entire life, what is the Internet? What is Twitter? What is Facebook? What is social networking? I mean, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, to me, it looks like, you know, that uh, the Internet does a better job of driving people apart than it is bringing people together. And don't get me wrong, I've made some fantastic friends on the internet. Uh, you know, great example, you know, Misfit Boy, Root Rot, McPierce, and there's a huge list, and you know who you are out there. But uh, for the most part, I've seen people just, uh, on a general level, uh, people just way overreact to things. People just take things way, uh, they, they take offense to everything, and they're so sensitive and thin-skinned. People have such thin skin. Come on. Oh, oh. Well, there's my Thanksgiving week rant. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, but I am thankful for a lot of things, you know, mentioning Thanksgiving. Oh, there, there's just so much. And really, so much of my personal life I don't reveal on the podcast because it really has no place on here. This is kind of just like a, a sandbox kind of playground for me. But, uh, you know, a lot of the things that I do take seriously and that I do value in my life, I don't really talk about them a lot because the podcast uh, is, is kind of a joke. And uh, there are a lot of things that I don't, don't joke about, you know, that I do take seriously. And I'm thankful for so much. I've been so fortunate in my life. I am so blessed on so many levels. You have no idea. You have no idea. Believe me. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm truly thankful for a lot. And I'm humbled to uh, be where I am right now. I really am, because I don't deserve it. Okay, okay, well, let's, let's get happy again. Let's smile about some things. Let's get on with the, with the old show here. Um, in terms of the war on terror, who do you think should be the next country to invade? Saudi Arabia. Maybe somebody in the Middle East. We'll make a big glass crater out of the fucking Middle East, for all I care. Um, I'm thinking Italy. Italy. Mm -hmm. Cuba. Cuba? Yeah. Iran. Iran? Why is that? Uh, I think there's a revolution going on pretty soon. Russia, China, India, and Pakistan. Indonesia, Brazil. Korea. Korea? Sure. Yeah, why do you say that? They're trouble. They're trouble? Yep, okay. What, what's trouble about them? That's their attitude. Canada. Sri Lanka. Well, I'm about to spoil the crap out of Walking Dead Episode 4 on AMC, just aired. So uh, before I do that, I'm going to uh, play a voicemail by Spooky Bill. And uh, Spooky Bill's a great friend. Uh, he does a lot of great things. And uh, he's going to tell us what he thought about episode four. I will come back in and tell you what I thought. So take it away, Mr. Spooky. Hey, Corey the Man. This is Spooky Bill. I know you recorded early this week. I don't know if you recorded already, but I watched uh, episode four of The Walking Dead. And this one was really good. Um... You know, two and three, I was, you know, iffy about them. Yeah, two was my, is my least favorite so far. But three, I think they're, they're getting back up there. Um, I like uh, how they, the little glances between um, Dale and uh, Andrea, 
and uh, when when Amy got up to uh, go pee, I was like, "Oh shit, here it is." So uh, yeah, that was that was pretty tense. That was suspenseful. One thing I I, I could see why they did it, but I you know I not don't necessarily like it is the age difference between Amy and Andrea. Um, I, I'm pretty sure in the comic they were closer together, but I can understand that they did it because I, I think an old man and a young girl on you know network television probably won't go over too well with many people, um, almost pedophilic or whatever. Um, yeah, but I liked it. One of my friends came up with an interesting theory, and I'm listening to your last show, so I don't know if you'd mentioned it or not, but he had mentioned, he had thought that maybe, um, shoot, white racist one, uh, Merle, he thought maybe that this guy is going to turn into the governor and would almost make sense as to what happens with Rick's hand in the future. Um, so I, I thought that would be an interesting plot point. Of course, there's only two more episodes left, so I... I really don't know how much of you know this they're going to play out, or be, even be able to play out. I'll just have to wait till next season. I do really also like in this episode, and this is the reason I liked it so much. We saw Urban Games. How cool is that? I've never really thought about you know other than just you know oh yeah the gangs, but never thought about the gangs protecting each other. Um, I liked what they were protecting there. And it, you know, kind of had a Hollywood feel to it, but not, not really. I mean, maybe I'm stereotyping, but it, I, you know, Hispanics, they are very close to family. And, uh, and I feel that gangs are sort of like a, you know, they're a street family. So, you know, they'd be protecting each other and, uh, it makes sense that they would be protecting their family. And you know what, if that makes me a racist, uh, call me Merle. Um, also... Um, yeah, gangs, they're, they're going to have the guns. They're also going to have the drugs, though. So, you know, that's going to be a problem, too. You know, they won't be able to get any drugs. So they're going to have to go through withdrawal and, and whatever. Probably shoot each other for their stashes. And so who knows how much a gang would actually survive a, a true zombie apocalypse. But I, I did really enjoy seeing the gangs and, uh, and uh, them coming their low rider trying to pick up the guns and, and everything. Still like one. Um yeah, I think that's all all I was gonna say on it. This one I, I enjoyed uh pretty thoroughly. Seemed like there were a lot more zombies um in this one. Especially, you know, towards the end. And uh yeah, that's it. Alright. This has been Suki Bill and I will chat with you later. Happy Thanksgiving man. Yes, well said. Spooky Bill, I will just comment on a few things that you said, because I'm in total agreement. And some of the things that you said kind of uh, brought things to mind where, yeah, I think I noticed some of these on a subconscious kind of level, but I, I, I didn't really give them a lot of thought. And now that you say them, you're exactly right. And I think the big one was the age difference that you mentioned between Andrea and Amy. You're exactly right. You know, it, the show opens with the two of them sitting in a boat and they're fishing and I hardly recognized them. I, I, you know, it took me a minute to say, hey, this is probably Andrea and Amy. <laughs> and and uh, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't feeling that conversation. I mean, I know where they were trying to go with it, 
but I, I didn't really dig that opening thing. It wasn't in the comic, and I don't know, I didn't believe that conversation. So it's not that I didn't believe what they were saying. I, I don't believe how they pulled it off or maybe the writing there or something. I don't know. But uh, you're right, you know, I was just like, man, I thought Andrea was a lot younger than that. But, you know, when you look at the fact that she's going to hook up, or she is hooking up with Dale, and Dale's an old man, you know, and and right now in our, our, our society, in our culture, we're dealing with a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, child sex things, you know, sick, sick people uh, with child porn, with child molestation, things like that. Uh, yeah, that, that seems to be more in the forefront in our culture, and so I think they wanted to kind of minimize any kind of questions that people would raise with that relationship. So, yeah, yeah, I, I can see where that was going. But, dude, the Merle governor thing, I've said that from episode one. As soon, you know, go back and listen to uh, uh, the my take on the first episode of The Walking Dead. And uh, I said that. I'm like, dude, I really, really do think that Merle is going to turn out to be the governor. That's my prediction. And uh, it was just kind of on a hunch, because after episode one, he's just kind of chained there. And I thought to myself, man, I <laughs> Merle could end up being the governor. It's it's a very, very <laughs> good chance, because he's a little crazy. So, and I could see him getting a lot worse. So, yeah, yeah, I, I've said that from day one. And so far, every episode is uh, upholding that prediction. So I'm going to be really proud of myself. <laughs> If Merle turns out to be the governor, I want him to be. I really do. <laughs> but, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Urban Gangs, let's talk about that, and I'll kind of segue, I guess, into, into what I have to say here about The Walking Dead. Um, this is a departure from the comic again in this regard, where Glenn and the whole group is, uh, they go back into the city because they want the guns, uh, they want to rescue Merle, if at all possible. But, uh, uh, what ends up happening is as they're kind of formulating this plan and they're carrying out this plan to get the guns and avoid the zombies and everything when they get back into the city, they realize, or they run into a gang, an urban gang, and it's a Latino gang, and they're all tough, and they run into the one boy, and then uh, Daryl is jumped and everything, Merle, uh, not Merle, but Rick gets in on everything. So basically what happens is the urban gang captures Glenn, takes him back to their hideout, but Rick and Daryl and T-Dog and everyone have in turn captured one of their members, one of the gang members, which is a young boy. And uh, so they kind of meet up and they get to a stalemate where everyone's just pointing guns at everyone else and, and Rick isn't backing down. Rick is really showing his stone-cold, rock-solid character. And uh, he, he's just not backing down. He's not afraid. He knows what he wants. And hey, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to risk everything to get what he wants. And uh, it eventually turns out to find that the gang is uh, a lot, uh, I guess, they have more of a noble purpose than just kind of hoarding their own stuff and, and whatever. Uh, they've actually been protecting an entire facility full of the sick, the elderly. Since the whole zombie thing happened, they fortified this thing. And the gang are kind of the caretakers and the protectors of all these people who are in need, which is very noble. And it's a very good thing. But uh, to me, I, I think they... Uh, I don't know. I think if you look at the Walking Dead comic, 
so much of it is about the dark side of humanity and how when things fall apart, then people just lose it. They really lose it. And uh, I think, you know, showing this this whole rough and tough Latino urban gang, showing them just having a tough facade and behind that having a really good nature and being very giving and protecting. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I saw where it is and I can appreciate that. And it was it was cool to see that. But to me, that's not what The Walking Dead is about. To me, what The Walking Dead is about is another issue that was raised this episode. And that is, who's making the rules now? Who's in charge? Who is fit to judge another person's actions? Who defines right and wrong? When all government has collapsed, when all order of society has collapsed around the survivors and they're trying to figure out how to reestablish order how to reestablish the way people relate with each other who is the authority at that point who decides and uh, is it okay to kill at this point and so there were a lot of huge issues raised and that was raised in the scene where we see jim jim is back at the camp and he is obsessively digging a hole and it's obvious he's digging a grave and Shane and the rest of the guys are really concerned about him. So Shane, Dale, Lori, everybody goes up to say, hey, Jim, what's going on here? It's like 100 degrees, you know, we're in the middle of the summer heat. You're going to collapse, man. You got to put down the shovel. Just let's talk this out. And Jim is just, he's, he's kind of out of it. And he confronts Shane and he's like, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do to me if I don't stop? What if I don't hand this shovel over? What are you going to do? Are you going to beat my face in just like you did to Ed? And Ed, of course, was the kind of hateful wife abuser that we saw Shane just beat the tar out of toward the end of episode three. And uh, we start raising this whole question of, of post-apocalyptic morality. And, you know, who says what's right is right? Who says what's wrong is wrong? Can you kill now? Can you basically do whatever you want now? Because everything's a mess. And I think that right there, that is the core of The Walking Dead. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a very uh, kind of dark thing. A lot of the dark side of human nature is explored, and I think that's what it's about. And seeing kind of the goodwill, the good nature of these tough urban gangs, uh, I wasn't really feeling it. I'm not against it, and it's, it's kind of hard for me to talk about and explain because... I'm surely not against that kind of thing. I think what they did was absolutely wonderful. But I, I, would they do that? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I really don't. Oh, so all in all, Spooky Bill's absolutely right. This was a great episode. It was a roller coaster ride because, of course, you know, your loyalties are shifting back and forth. You know, at first you hate the urban gang. You hate those gangsters. They're such jerks, you know. But... Uh, it's quickly turned around and all of a sudden you're like, wow, wow, these guys actually had a higher purpose than just getting drugs, getting guns, just surviving, killing whoever they need to get what they want. So yeah, yeah, I, I really like the storytelling here. I thought it was great. It was a big departure from the comic and I was okay with that. I was really, really okay with that. Um, and of course, one of the great, great things about this episode it was the zombie attack. Now, this happened in the comic, too, and this uh, fell in line with a lot of what happens there because zombies all of a sudden attack the camp unexpectedly. It's at night. Most of the people are around the campfire, but there are some stragglers around the camp, and, of course, the zombies invade unexpectedly. We see some important people die, 
Most notably, Andrea, um, or no, Andrea watches her sister Amy die in her arms. Uh, Amy gets bitten by a zombie, and it's a very, very emotional scene. So uh, it, it was, uh, I think, great zombie action. Of course, the zombies are like snowflakes. Again, I mean, pff, just uh, Nicotero blows it out of the stratosphere. <laughs> he really does. This is brilliant, brilliant work on par with what Tom Savini did in 1985's Day of the Dead. I, I, I honestly believe that. Although, I'm not quite. Savini, Day of the Dead is still kind of the pinnacle. But uh, this is really, really good. Ah, oh, boy. So, you know, great, great uh, episode. I agree with Spooky Bill in saying that uh, I like this one better than episode two or three. It was fantastic. So, I am disappointed that it is only going to be two more episodes. Ah, uh, boy. Boy, uh, I'm certain that they're not getting to the prison, I don't think. They might travel and see the prison and say and that might be i think the season cliffhanger where you know they're going through the woods and then big reveal oh it's a prison we have hope if not that uh you know before the prison they go to the farm so they might find the farm that might be the big season cliffhanger would be you know hey there's this farm let's go check it out and they they see you know otis and all the guys living there so I don't know. This has a lot of ways it could go. I'm really anxious, though, to see how they wrap up this first season. It's There is so much. There is so much left to go. So much they'll explore. They have years and years and years of material to work with here. So don't be afraid of it getting getting old or getting the same old thing. It, it's not. The Walking Dead is brilliant, and I can't wait till next Sunday.
Corey, my friend, what's going on? It's a uh, skeptical Zach. All right, two things. Uh, one with The Walking Dead and Glenn driving around with a car alarm going off. I was saying this to my girlfriend the entire time we were watching this. That I don't know if you guys have ever stolen the car, but I've probably stole a couple thousand of them. Of course, not in real life in Grand Theft Auto, uh, but yeah, it's close enough. So when and I've actually experienced this also just with a car that I didn't steal, just my own car and its car alarm. Once a car alarm goes off because you've broken the window or whatever it is you've done to it, it does not go off indefinitely. It goes off for about five minutes, and then it just stops. So, yeah. I don't know. That was kind of unrealistic, I thought. That's stupid. Um, but I love the show. Anyway, so uh, second thing. AMC and trying to tell everyone that they need to buy Toyotas and can't get it up. Um, I'm not sure I agree with you about Toyotas not being reliable in the apocalypse. They're pretty good gas savers, which is what I would be looking for. But with the, the commercials, um, you know, it's not really AMC saying anything about the demographics. It's the Nielsen group that's saying something about the demographics. And, you know, that's all based on, you know, numbers, which are pretty reliable. And also, I don't think AMC really chooses what commercials they use. You know, it's just whoever wants to buy the ad space, they can buy the ad space. And um, I don't think they really care beyond that. So, anyway, have a good enough. Hey, always good to hear from you, Skeptical Zach. Thanks for calling in. Um, I actually wasn't aware of that, that uh, the whole car alarm thing that they shut off, but it does make complete sense. So, yeah, I... I don't know what they were thinking uh, when they did that. But, yes, The Walking Dead is incredibly awesome. And, uh, yeah, the demographic thing, I, th I was just kind of making a joke about that, I guess. And uh, I know that it's not, you know, the network sending you that message. Um, I just kind of drew that connection and thought it was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it, and I, I understand that. It just... The, the, the ED commercials just really crack me up, though. They really do. <laughs> so. But, uh, dude, thanks for calling in again. It's great to hear from you, brother. Yes, um, I was wondering if I could get driving directions to a nightclub called... Hello, sweetie. No, we're in Germany right now. Maybe we can talk to you later? All right, we miss you. Bye, Amy. Bye, sweetie. I think we're supposed to turn. I thought you knew exactly where we were going. What was that? We're on a road trip through like Europe. A, yeah. Can you call uh, the emergency car service for us? You have a really lovely home. The Siamese triplet connected via the gastric system. The human centipede. Secret. We start with cutting the ligaments of the kneecaps. Open the door! 
Netflix this week, like I told you, I watched The Human Centipede, the first sequence, uh, from 2009. And this is a movie I read a lot about. You know, there was a lot of controversy about it because of the subject matter. Uh, the material that is just really disgusting. <laughs> and uh, a lot of you out there know what it's all about. Um, so, like I said, this is available on Netflix Instant. So you can go watch this. And I recommend that you do. Because it is, there, there are a lot of uh, really good things about it. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, the movie, okay, this is basically what it is. There's this crazy Nazi kind of doctor living in, where are they, like Germany? Somewhere in Europe. I don't know where they are. I, th I think it's in Germany. And he lives out in the middle of nowhere. And his big thing, you know, he's a doctor who has specialized in separating Siamese twins. And he's, I guess known around the world for his brilliant surgical work in that regard. And he's kind of lost it. He's gone nuts and he's decided to kind of reverse the process. And he wants to take humans and put them together and join them together. And his big dream is to make what he calls the human centipede, where he takes uh, three people at first. So he starts with three and uh, he joins them mouth to anus. So we got one guy and then uh, the guy behind him, he sews, it's a girl in this regard. So it's a guy in front and then two girls. So guy in front and then the girl behind him, who ends up being the middle portion, ends up having her lips sewed to that first guy's butthole. And then there's a girl behind her with her lips sewn to that girl's butthole. And then they walk around and they act like a dog and they play fetch with the newspaper and it's really weird. <laughs> and that's it. That's literally it. Um, I found most of the plot to be extremely predictable and I've seen it all before many times. Basically, this mad scientist out in the middle of nowhere. There are people who are stranded, who get lost, who find their way to this place, knock on the door. Can you help us? Can you call uh, for help? And of course, oh yes, come in. He drugs the people, takes them down to his, you know, spooky uh, surgical lab in the basement. And that's where he does his ghastly, ghastly work. Um, and then, of course, the police become suspicious. He lets them in and says, oh, well, I have nothing to hide. And then they want to get downstairs. He's like, well, you need a warrant, but really you got nothing on me. But they do come back with a warrant because he's acting really strange. And they find the whole thing and all kinds of carnage ensues. So yeah, I just spoiled it for you, but really there, you know, there's, uh, there's nothing here that's going to surprise you. You know, I mean, whenever the two girls who uh, got a flat tire made their way to his house and they are relaxing on his couch and he just pretended to uh, uh, call a taxi for them so they can get back to what they were doing. Uh, I'm like, he's going to drug them. He offers them a drink of water. They accept and of course, he's in the kitchen, and every mad scientist in his kitchen has readily available uh, some sort of drug, some sort of sleeping pill that he will break into the water. And that's what happens in every single one of these kinds of movies. So I just knew what was going to happen. This movie is based around the material, the shock value, uh, and oh, it, it is disgusting. It gets downright disgusting because of the things that they have to deal with. Basically, that poor girl in the middle is swallowing the turds of the guy in the front. 
And of course, it's not healthy. And the, the mad scientist has this dream where all oh, everybody shares one digestive tract. And, you know, and I'm like, you know, isn't it obvious that, you know, that eating poop is not the way to sustain you? I mean, you, you can't you can't do that. And I don't know. What's funny is the makers, and I, I didn't even look up who made this. It, um, uh, the makers of this film said that they consulted a surgeon about it, and the surgeon said that everything was 100% medically accurate. And uh, that, I guess, given the right supplement, that uh, both the middle part of the human centipede and the end of the centipede would be able to live for uh, a, a decent amount of time. But I'm sorry, anybody who eats poop every day is not going to live very long. And I, I, I don't care if you got a steady flow of all the vitamins and nutrients that your body needs otherwise being pumped into your veins. Uh, yeah, so kids, eating poop is not the way to have a long, healthy life. So that's, that's really what you need to pull away from this film. Uh, what I admired, though, you know, and I seem like I'm a little negative about this, but I'm really not, and I recommend that you watch it because of the way that they pull all of this off. You know, what's amazing to me about this is how much they implied about it. You know, the movie didn't have a big budget. Uh, and so they, they couldn't really pull off a lot of the effects, and everything is implied. They do a lot of great work, I think, with the makeup and the things that you do see of the people sewn together. But for the most part, it's like they're laying in such a way that you don't quite see everything. And I just got to give a lot of credit to the makers of this film for knowing ways that they could kind of fudge things and imply things, but at the same time be really, really disgusting. Uh, man, man, yeah, it was, it was gross. <laughs> it really was. So it was well made uh, on a technical level. Uh, the acting was great. I got to say, the guy, uh, what was his name? Uh, Dieter Laser, who plays the scientist. Oh, man. Oh, man. He, he did a great job. I think that was perfect, perfect casting. Uh, everyone else was just kind of expendable. You know, whoever could have played any of the other roles. So it wasn't a big deal. Um, uh, but man, man, a great... I, I think it was a good movie. <laughs> it's shocking, well-made, and entertaining. So, you know, if you're at the house on a night when, you know, the kids aren't around, you know, the youngsters aren't going to watch the movie with you, then you should give this a watch. Available on Netflix Instant Watch. And, uh, yeah, The Human Centipede, if I gotta give it a rating, I better give a rating, because I'm not giving any ratings this episode otherwise. <laughs> but, uh, I'm gonna give it a, uh, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, fun movie. Fun, fun movie. Well, hello, stranger. Hey, man, it's your old buddy, Misfit Boy. And I know it's been a long time, but, to be honest, I've just been very, very busy. So, now I know how you feel. And, first off, uh, well, I'm not really good at self-promoting myself, so I'm not going to. But what I will say is that anything that pertains to podcasting or music like that, I guess you could say I owe it all to you. You're the one that gave me my start pretty much, and I'm branched out a little bit, I guess you could say, and I'm having a ball doing it, man. I know why you came back now. Anyway, first off, uh, my son, he still listens to the show whenever I play it every morning. And so I guess you could say that my two-year-old kid is probably the youngest fan and one of the biggest because apparently he really knows your voice. So 
But anyway, the reason I'm calling is just touch base a little bit. Uh, I have been watching The Walking Dead, and I got to tell you, man, I'm loving it. I couldn't be happier with the way the story has come out. And I'll give you a little bit of a, my take from it, seeing that I never even opened the comic book of it before. So, you know, there's not really much for me to be able to nitpick about it. So I'm just going to say, first off, Rick, the main character, I think he, the actor that portrays him is doing a great job. I don't know how he was portrayed in the book, but I think he's doing a fabulous job. And as for the other actors, you know, I'm hoping that soon they go back to uh, the one black guy and his son because I think they played great roles. And right now I'm finding one of my favorite characters is, I believe his name is Glenn, the little Japanese dude. I mean, he is just, he is funny on every level. <laughs> um, the one problem that I did have with it is when they managed to get into the police station and there's all those weapons sitting there when everything else in town was obviously ransacked. Why didn't they go out to the police station? That would have been one of the first places I would have went. But who cares? Greg Nicotero, makeup effects. Awesome. Just spectacular. Kudos to Mr. Nicotero. Such a fine job. And i am got to say, man, you really called it down the line with uh, the one hillbilly dude, you know, just doing what he did because I don't want to give away any spoilers because I know a lot of people still haven't seen it yet, but I do believe you called that one right down the line. And other than that, I'm really enjoying it and I'm looking forward. I know they signed on for season two. I'm just a little disappointed that there's only six episodes for the season. So hopefully it'll get a little longer. My only other concern would be if they do is how far can the story go? I mean, you you and, like, Spooky Bill, I mean, you guys probably know a lot more about the comics than I ever will. But I'm just wondering how far they can actually take the show before it starts to get stagnant and stale, you know? So let's hope they just keep up with the great storylines and everything. And I guess with that, uh, I did watch one zombie movie I've never seen before. It was a Japanese movie. And yes, this is the title. It's called Big Tit Zombie. It's a Japanese movie. Um, you ever see a movie that's just so bad it's good? Well, this is one of those movies. The makeup and special effects are so bad that Ed Wood himself would be rolling in his grave. So I hope you get a chance to check it out, and maybe you can give your thoughts on it. And also, I saw you on Twitter the one time and you told me that uh, you got to see the human centipede. Well, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that one because I'm really curious with that one. Other than that, all is well here. Uh, Tara sends her best and hopefully you're doing well and can't wait to hear the next episode, brother. All right. Take care, man. Misfit boy. I'm out of here. Oh, there he is. There's misfit boy. Finally, finally. Oh, <laughs> no, just kidding, man. I really appreciate you calling in. Um, I totally understand the being busy thing, man. Believe you me, <laughs> I do. But you're doing great work there with Root Rot. Um, I know Root Rot's having a great time working with you, man. Um, but yeah, uh, I think you're right. You know, Glenn, I think, is my favorite character, too. And I know Spooky Bill mentioned that. Um, he's just a very likable guy, and he's very brilliant. You know, in this last episode, 
he is quite the strategist and he can plan things out and the whole group was really surprised whenever they're like oh man what did you do before this whole zombie thing happened and he's like eh, i delivered pizzas you know everyone's really surprised at that because he is a very very intelligent guy so um and as far as getting back to morgan and his son Dwayne, you know the people that rick kind of helped out at the police station at the very beginning well uh uh perhaps you will see them later perhaps you will <laughs> i'll just leave it at that <laughs> and uh, as far as getting into the police station i believe that in the comic they it, it was a little clearer that the police station was actually all locked up um or at least the ammo room was all locked up where they keep all the weapons and ammo and everything and rick had access to that so that's why that place wasn't necessarily cleaned out because if you think about it the zombies hit cops are deployed they get sent out to help with survivors to help fight the zombies and probably a lot of them are going to be taken out so um yeah they they wouldn't necessarily the common people wouldn't necessarily have access to all that stuff so i think that's that's where that was going um but yeah i think i don't want you to worry about it becoming stagnant or stale because believe me that's what i thought in kind of the earlier stages of the comic i'm just like this is a great story but where's it going you know how how is it possibly going to keep this interesting it's people just running around being chased by zombies but believe me, believe me, it's going to go in places that you're going to absolutely love. So, yeah, no worries about that. The only disappointment is that it's two more episodes and we got to wait till next October to see season two. So that's that's going to be quite something. So anyhow, dude, Misfit Boy, thank you for calling in, man. I love hearing from you and uh, hopefully we get to hang out again soon. What do you get? When you cross Michael Jackson with the Empire State Building. <coughs> A building that's structurally unsound. <laughs> All right. Hey. <coughs> Why do Michael Jackson and Liza Minnelli get along with each other so well? They're both made out of the same brand of plastic. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> well, they can't all be zingers. But that's my life. All in a day's work for Neil Hamburger. A lot of the top entertainers have the notes. <clears throat> but times are tough for, uh, for Michael Jackson. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, financially. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> Neverland, over at Neverland, he... Uh, <clears throat> he, uh, <clears throat> he recently uh, <clears throat> had to shut down the uh, juvenile VD clinic. <laughs> But seriously, folks, in all seriousness, <clears throat> I don't know if you read this in the newspaper today, uh, in today's paper, <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> to capitalize on all the 
publicity he's been getting uh, recently, Michael Jackson has recorded two new albums uh, for release later this year. Yeah. And uh, in keeping with the tradition he's had with his past albums of uh, titling them after his various personality traits, you know, uh, bad, dangerous, off the wall, He's uh, <clears throat> titling the first of these two new albums to be released in uh, July. <clears throat> He's titling this album, uh, Gay. <laughs> and that will be followed up in uh, <clears throat> November with the second album, Mentally Ill. <laughs> Alrighty, another song for you guys this week. Well, uh, this one's this one's a little bit crazy, but uh, allow me to explain. I wrote the riff, the guitar parts, and, and drums and everything several months ago, and it had been kind of sitting there. And then all of a sudden, I kind of got the idea for the vocal part in in my brain. It just started going through my head. It just appeared. And so I decided to run with it. And the whole basis, my whole thinking behind this song is... Well, you're going to kind of laugh. It's kind of funny. But uh, Sesame Street. Okay, think about Sesame Street, most notably the Count. You know the Count? He's kind of a vampire who loves to count. And when he does count, he laughs. <laughs> and of course there's thunder and lightning and he has the bats all around him and everything. But that, that concept is very fascinating to me. You know, what if there were people out there who went around counting and there were certain numbers that they would get to, and they would just start laughing, just horrendously laughing. And I know possibly there are people out there who have mental illness who count and laugh at themselves when they count. But I'm talking if there were just normal people out there who just like to count and they thought it was horrendously funny. So that's the whole basis behind this song. <laughs> and I've titled this one The Count. So enjoy. One, two, three. <laughs>
Hey, Corey, what's up? This is Alan. I was just calling to tell you, or mention to the crowd, fans, whatever, uh, sat down and checked out Universal Soldier, the original from 1992. Loved it when I was a kid. Found it in $5 bin at Walmart. Anyway, I sat down and watched it and realized it is a zombie movie. <coughs> uh, don't really want to give any spoilers away. I'm sure most people have seen it already, but some of it didn't take time first watch it, sit back and watch it, you realize, hey, wait a minute, these guys are uh, dead and have been brought back through uh, scientific means, and yeah, uh, so Universal Soldier is actually a zombie movie, just thought I'd toss that out there, uh, have a good one, I hope everybody out there has a good and safe Thanksgiving, anyway, take it easy, bye. Hey, Corey, this is Alan, uh, so I'll call in tell you I really dug the uh, base-heavy watershed. I don't know, man. It made me think of Primus Goes to the Circus. And uh been really digging The Walking Dead on AMC. Um, I just disagree with you and Spooky Bill. I don't know. I don't think Shane's that big of a dick. Uh, see how the show progresses. I may change my mind. That's all, man. Have a good one. Bye. Alan, thanks to you, Universal Soldier is now in my Netflix queue, and, and that'll be reviewed. I've never heard anybody refer to that as a zombie movie, but I think you're absolutely right. I saw this, I, I think I saw it in the theater, and I would have been probably in like junior high at, the po at, at that point in time. So, uh, good call, man. I'm going to give that another watch, and I will talk about it on the podcast. Alan, my friend, thank you. You want me to salute that pile of walking pus? Salute my ass. All right, that's it for the Thanksgiving week episode here. I don't know if I'm releasing this early or at regular time. I don't know. But uh, sorry, I didn't have more for you this week. That's just kind of all I had time for. You know, I, I have to cram all of my work into the first few days of the week here so I can take the rest of the week off. And it's just a, a crazy schedule. So thank you to everybody who contributed this week. I love hearing your voicemails. I love getting your emails, talking with you guys on Twitter and everything. Yeah, I, let's just have fun. Come on. Don't take any of this seriously. It's just, I don't know. I'm a broken record. So what can you do? But anyhow, you can go to midnightcory.com. That's my website. We are the official podcast of the Italian Zombie Movie, so please go check out the Italian Zombie Movie because uh, it's great, and Tom Burdinsky is doing great things over there. Um, also, you know, you can keep up to tabs on my movie. I've been working on sound effects, post-production, things like that. That's hopefully going to be all wrapped up soon, and I'll be able to let you guys see the monstrosity I'm working on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, I really appreciate you watching, or, oh, I said it again. I said that last week and I'm a friggin' retard. Thank you for listening to the show. <sighs> I appreciate all you guys who are sticking with me and, and get me because, you know, I'm, I'm not like all these other guys out here. So what can you do? And a lot of people don't like that. So boohoo. Uh, but I do appreciate everybody who listens. So, uh, next week, I will talk about Dr. Blood's Coffin. It's a zombie movie from 1960, and I'll have more things to talk about also. So again, thank you. I'll talk to you guys again next week. And oh yeah, have a happy Thanksgiving. Truly have a happy Thanksgiving. And try to remember that uh, we're in a, if you are living in the United States, that you are part of the wealthiest, most well-off nation that the face of the earth has ever seen. And that most of the other people in the world 
don't have the opportunity or the the stuff, the distractions and the the money and everything that we have. No matter how poor you are, no matter uh, how much that you don't have living here in the United States, remember there are, there are a lot of people out there who have even less than that, and they're probably a lot happier than you and me. So yeah, just uh, just be thankful that you you are where you are. So yeah, that's my serious little thing here for the end of the show. Get to the rock, you know. Pin the ball, it's a rebel. 